Welcome, I am Aaron. And I'm Gabe. This is the We Talk About That podcast. Where we talk about anything and everything. Hello? Hello, we live. We're live? Hello. What? Hello, interwebs. Are you sure? <laughs> well, no, Well, no, we're not live because this is ultimately going to be a recording. <laughs> Pre-recorded. Pre-recording. But still live. Live to you, the listener. Yeah, Straight we have that ear, option in the future holes. if we wanted to. That seems dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Might say something. Get fired from my job or something like that. I don't well, know. Well, yeah. I don't ever edit out context. Context. Con- content. I don't think we've said anything controversial yet, have we? I, I, I so. try to be cautious. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not. I tend to just kind of say it and then think about it later. But so, so we we're talking about Star yeah. Wars because we finally got the the finale here for the Obi Wan series. We just kinda... is it going to be the series finale or is it going to be the season finale? I think it's the season finale. Yeah, I was reading I don't, something yesterday. I don't yeah. see how they wouldn't make another season. I don't either. I mean, well, and then outside because of that, then now you know that he doesn't ever talk to Luke for like another 10 years or something. They could kind of go wherever they wanted to with it. Mm-hmm. And where Which, it ended, you know, like I would be fine with just watching obi-wan cut sashimi all day (laughs) (laughs) me too yeah uh, for sure i would because you know that's the whole this whole thing you know that my my wife was watching with me and we kind of lost her halfway through the series she was like oh it's too boring it's slow i'm just like what are you talking about this is stuff that i've wanted to know for you know since i watched star wars hey what are you talking about i'm watching you about i'm watching you uh but yeah, there's, I mean, with the, the way it ended too, it was kind of like they were hinting at, I mean, they could easily, easily make another series. And the fact that this was one of the most popular series they've made, I'm, I think that their greediness is going to get the best of them and they're going to have to do another one. Yeah. Now it might, it might not be like next year. It should be, but I think they're Ashoka. Ahsoka, Ahsoka, yeah. Ahsoka show is already in the works so i think that's got to drop next but maybe in like two years and they haven't been afraid to like drop these shows real close to each other um with the did you see the boba fett you still haven't watched that have you i started i watched like four episodes it's yeah i (laughs) i don't know it was a little cheesy i'll give it that but i still liked it but they dropped that like right. It was kind of concurrent with uh, the Mandalorian. They they overlapped, didn't they, for the last the last few episodes of the Mandalorian and Boba Fett? I don't know if that's how it worked, but I know they overlapped a little bit. I'm not entirely sure about the chronological, like in the timeline. But yeah, Boba Fett was in uh, the Mandalorian, obviously. Mm-hmm. Where, you so, know, Man- Mando is like, why are you wearing that armor? You're not 
Right. You're not a Mandalore, and then what did he say? It was gifted to him or something, and then he kind of proved himself throughout their interactions, and he's like, whatever, keep the armor. Because <laughs> the Mandalorian kind of veered off the path, too, there at the end, didn't he? I, it's been a while since I've watched it. Yeah, I think I've seen it all, but I'm so... I don't remember it. Yeah, see, it wasn't that great. It just wasn't that great. Although, although, you you haven't seen it. I don't want to spoil it for you. What? I want to spoil it for you. There was a part I I don't know if you've seen. Okay. Well, all right. So he finally rides the rain core there at the end, which was pretty epic. That was pretty cool. Hmm. See, kind of a letdown. It is. See, I shouldn't have. Now you're not going to watch it. But anyways, so I guess we're... It's not a spoiler. It's spoiled. It's spoiled. It's rotten. <laughs> it wasn't that great. Um, we we were waiting for kind of the season finale of Obi-Wan before we talked about it, I think was kind of our unspoken. Yeah, I'm trying to remember mentioned. what the last episode was that we, was that we talked about. I'm just going to... I don't really remember it. <laughs> That's the problem here. Cause that last, that last episode really overshadowed the previous few in my mind. Anyways, how many were there? Five. Um, let's see. Season two. I love how that's the first, the first thing to pop up when I start Googling is season two. So in episode seven, we talked about Obi-Wan episode four. And I don't think we, we didn't talk about, yeah, we haven't talked about episode five, let alone obviously this, the finale. I don't remember five. So five is, he, he meet. So four, we'll recap that, is when he met up with Tala, and then that's when the first time okay. he fights Darth Vader. Five. Yep. Um, okay, now I remember. They mm-hmm. they had just captured Leia, so then that's where... Right? No. Um, I think they got her back. They ran away at the end of the fourth one to so episode three is where she got captured was it at the beginning yeah i think so i think so that's bad can't remember it's kind of adding some validity to it being a little boring oh i said it (laughs) yeah okay so part three they meet tala this is the first episode where he obi-wan comes uh face to face with darth vader at the end, you know, the ending scene, and we've talked about this, this is a brief recap, but um, if you want to hear more in depth, uh, refer back to our previous episodes to hear uh, everything we had to say about that. But at the end of episode three is where basically you see uh, the in- Inquisitor, what is it, Reva? She catches up with Leia, and I assumed that there was going to be some kind of stupid long chase, like there was when uh, Obi-Wan was trying to chase her through that crowded city planet. I can't remember what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the start of the next episode episode four we uh, we must have talked about that then yeah they plant the drone you know uh they have leia they're trying to interrogate her 
Obi-Wan comes to rescue her. Um, he sees like the, the tomb or the, the storage area of all these other force sensitives and Jedi they've caught. And then mm-hmm. at the end, uh, Reva, she announces that she put a, a tracker mm, on their ship. Right. And essentially she, what she did is she put a, a restraining bolt on Lola, which is Leia's little uh, robot. Say that five times really fast. Lola, Leia's <laughs> little robot. Um, and then they, they essentially chase him th- through space. No, they just know where they went. So they went to, uh, I can't remember the name of the planet, yeah, where this network of saving Force sensitives and Jedi's and other, I would assume other less fortunate too, too like, you know. Right. Um, it's kind of where their headquarters are, and they're trying to um, yep. buy time because they know that the Empire is after them. But Lola kind of shut down the the port hatch you know like the big bulkhead doors that you see in a lot of the star wars movies that close over top of like the ship so they can't get out so they're frantically trying to figure out what's wrong with that uh, obi-wan is going back and forth from stalling reva and a couple times seems like he's using the force to uh, connect or remember fight scenes or training training uh, sessions with uh, anakin so you kind of you kind of see mm-hmm. how even through training, Anakin's been super aggressive towards him. Or is that four? You know, now we're talking about five. Yeah, yeah, we've gotten into it now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So there's, there's, um, what do you call that when you look back at a memory? <laughs> <laughs> You're biasing your memories by re-remembering well, them? no um, i mean they're they're you know they, they show scenes where they they throw back to when oh. anakin and obi-wan are training yeah. and stuff and he he kind of explains how anakin's always aggressive and all he just wants to do is win and he's not thinking strategically or whatever and uh they kind of parse this this training session up into like three different segments over the course of the episode where you kind of you kind of see obi-wan even though it seems like he's losing the training session you know because they're they're doing sword you know saber training Mm -hmm. um you kind of see how he's like pointing out how he's too aggressive and all this stuff and it kind of relates to how darth vader is you know they're chasing him through space they find you know they they arrive on this planet they're on and how darth vader is being pretty aggressive they launch a a siege on the 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 compound and uh just in time with the training session seeing darth vader's decisions through this particular interaction trying to get i wouldn't say rebels but you know the the network yeah yeah the beginnings of the rebels they definitely hinted at that strongly yeah because uh, i can't remember the guy's name Mm-hmm. yeah he's basically all we want's like passing the torch to him like oh you're in charge now you're a leader and yeah. Like, oh, we're only just beginning and all this kind of stuff. But I really liked how they mashed up that that flashback throughout the, the episode because, it, yeah, like you were saying, it did a really good job at kind of illustrating uh, Vader's thinking and Obi-Wan's thinking and kind of how that whole uh, episode played out. He just, you know, Obi-Wan just knows Vader's personality so well that he uh, can kind of predict what he's going to do. And he knows that he's going just for Obi-Wan. He's going to basically murder anybody in a way like Mm -hmm. the other people just don't matter so um 
uh, what do they do? They're barricading the doors and all the stormtroopers land outside of this one blast door. And then Obi-Wan basically sends a message to Reva that he wants to talk. And so they, what they go, they both go to this door. I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead at this point. I think, no, I think it's right on par. So then, yeah, they, they actually communicate with the force and talk to each other through the door. Um, and basically, you know, Obi-Wan is just trying to buy, you know, buy time first of all, but also it's just kind of getting that connection with her. Uh, like why, you know, why have you gone down this path, you know, trying to convert her. And then we find out that she actually wants to kill Vader. I think mm-hmm. we find it out right there. Yeah. It's like, that was her purpose. I think he, I think he like kind of uses the force to like perceive her, her intentions oh, yeah. or whatever. And he says, you're not working for him. Or what mm-hmm. it... Yeah, exactly. Cause you're I not, think he sees, you're not hunting for him. You're hunting him. I yeah. think is essentially what, you know, it's a little bit poetic. So it's not just, yeah. And he actually sees, I think he sees a flashback for memories of basically Anakin stabbing her at the Jedi temple. Um, yeah, I can't tell if that was her memory or if that was him picking up on it, but she definitely, there was definitely like a, you, you could see that where Anakin's walking into the Jedi temple, um, as he's, you know, this is the throwback to when he's killing younglings and right. she thought that he was there to save him yeah. and he ends up killing everybody. And, uh, I think that's when she says, you know, she kind of tells him what happened. You know, he was like. Reva says to Obi-Wan, like, where were you? Why didn't you help us? And um, she, I think it was in that scene where she says, I played dead and I hid amongst the dead bodies. And yeah, essentially her being an inquisitor is because she just wants revenge because the other younglings in the Jedi Order were essentially the only family she's ever had. Then I think... She gets pissed or something like that. <laughs> or he, I think, uh, doesn't he say like, work, let's work together or something? I can't remember if it was that scene. He, they do have that conversation later on as well. Oh, Gabe cut out. So I'll just wait for him to come back and then edit up the quiet. Is it going to work this time? Come on. Is it working? Yeah. Oh, whew. It's, it was, it's doing that weird thing where it's showing me the resolution of your screen. Right, I shut the cam off. Mm, okay. Yeah. Shoot, I was going on a whole long soliloquy. I was too. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we were probably just talking about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this happened a couple episodes as well, although that was because of an internet outage because of a storm. Unfortunately, this is just... I don't know what. Inevitable software and platform issues where it's acting up towards Gabe. Yes, yes. I live in the second or third so, world. What, what was the what was the last thing you hear me say? Um, uh, you were saying something about maybe it wasn't her memory; it was an intuition. She was seeing Anakin mm-hmm. uh, walking through the temple, and then you cut off. So I was vamping. Yeah, we probably talking about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So I can't remember because, all right, so to, we'll get, we can go back to that too. But um, as far as 
because he was going to talk to her and then she runs the lightsaber through the door, right? But didn't he volunteer at some point to be a yeah, captive? That's, that's yeah, later. that's later on. Okay. So they, they have this weird interaction twice. But yeah, I think what I was saying is, you know, she had that flashback memory. Flashback. That's what I was talking about earlier. There flashback where they where they show a memory or they go back to the past. Um, she had this flashback where she saw Anakin walking into the Jedi Temple. And this is obviously the scene in uh, episode three or, or the events around episode three where he's starting to kill all the younglings where she... Uh, I think she said something like we thought that he was there to help us. And then mm. um, she said she this is where she tells us that she uh, essentially she she played dead and hid amongst the dead bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and then she kind of accuses Obi-Wan or just lets him know that she's pissed at him, too. But she goes, where the hell were you? You mm -hmm. know, why didn't you come help us? And um yeah, this kind of outlines like the whole reason why she's being kind of duplicitous towards the uh, the Inquisitors and more specifically Darth Vader. And that's because uh, the Jedi Order and the other younglings, they're really the only family she had. So she's mm -hmm. just trying to get revenge and lash out at the people that she's pissed that she you know, thought that should have helped or, you know, right. obviously Darth Vader because he's the one who did it. So but she's yeah, kind of equal parts angry at vader and obi-wan at this point so that's why you know she's declines his offer to work together right away tries right. to kill him and still that's where she gets pissed and says like enough of this or whatever and that's when she cuts the door open and then there's this whole scene where the people inside the compound have kind of set up a, a strategic kind of configuration where they have uh, barricades and, and cover and concealment so things that they can like bound back to as they're fighting and kind of mm -hmm. Not necessarily try to eliminate the force, but just try to prolong their entry as long as they can because they know it's going to happen. That was that was what I was going on about talking to myself. Yep, me too. <laughs> I, I, the stormtroopers, it's like they all line up shoulder to shoulder outside this door. It's like it's just if only they had a little peephole, they could stick a gun out or have something out there. Yeah, the Obi-Wan could use his, his lightsaber to cut a hole so they could stick a barrel out there and shoot. Exactly. The tactics um, are just awful, and you see the contrast between them and the, uh, the uh, well, the rebels, the whatever, smugglers. It's like the, the smugglers are actually doing an okay job. They're all spread out. They're hiding behind stuff like you're saying. They've got bounded positions. They can retreat, and the stormtroopers are all just, they eventually run in shoulder to shoulder, and it's just, I, I don't know. I, I wish they wouldn't do that. I mean, well, I understand they're trying to illustrate yeah something I there. yeah i understand what you're saying too like it'd be cool if they would at least show that the empire has got some kind of tactics but i also think and there's been a lot of situations throughout the episodes where people call them out like well this is really stupid that mm -hmm. the empire did this or uh, specifically like like we mentioned like when he was sitting on that transport back in like episode two or three or whatever the hell it was yeah. And he's literally sitting in front of stormtroopers and they're like, oh, there's a Jedi. And, uh, you know, the, they could have caught him. Um, but as I mentioned, like, well, it's I think it's it's showcasing how even though the Empire is this big, strong entity in the galaxy and it's, you know, successfully essentially turned the, the Republic into the Empire and through, you know, through 
politics, mm-hmm. um, they're really not that great at doing their job. Right. They're just bureaucratic um, and cumbersome and they obviously yeah. don't train their soldiers at all. It yeah. Seems and then like. another instance of that that I, I was reading about is when Obi-Wan was in a trench coat wearing a shitty officer's hat and they're walking through the hangar bay after they're leaving the Inquisitor's mm-hmm. fortress. It's like, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be really obvious? And it's like, yes, it would be. But yeah, most of the stormtroopers know that they're probably going to die if anything happens. So they... I think for the most part, generally look the other way and you actually kind of hear this. Well, and and not to mention like inquisitors will kill the stormtroopers for speaking out. Darth Vader, he kills people like on a whim. Yeah. Like that's where I was going to go. Just stick to their stick to their, their protocol. Don't try to get outside of it. Cause if they do, then, you know, yeah, that's the where Empire I was Academy go. that they went to is no longer useful. <laughs> yeah, they're because it's such a totalitarian system that there nobody wants to just point. Hey, there's like a kid under that guy's robes, you know? Yeah, because there's just nothing good in it for them. They're just gonna, like you said, get and killed or punished. Another example that reinforces what we're saying here is when Obi Wan is in the Inquisitor Fortress, or what do they call it, the Fortress Inquisitorium? I don't remember. I think the the network leader said that at one point. Mm. Yeah, when he's when he's in the fortress and he's like walking down the hall trying to navigate his way and be uh, be stealthy, uh, he sees these stormtroopers come up. So he quick goes to the side and hides behind this big like support beam. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, Tala is reaching out to him, and they actually they hear his communication device go off. In that scene, just before they hear him or hear Tala through the communication device, uh, I didn't pay too much attention, but people have noted that they're actually complaining <laughs> about their jobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. So, yeah. And so they're, they just, and they have no, so like the Empire's perspective too is they just have no regard for human life either. So they, you know, when they send in the stormtroopers, I mean, they are stormtroopers too. You got to remember that name is, I believe that's from like world war one era. Mm. Um, Germans basically mm-hmm. storming the trenches. They had specialized units that basically developed like uh, modern tactics of uh, cover and move and small group tactics to get into the trenches. And then just, they had like axes and clubs and all sorts of stuff where they just, they were, their whole, it's like the, uh, the forlorn hope kind of idea with the, the Germans in the past. You basically get these really souped up um, suicidal guys to just charge the lines and try to create an opening. And that's, you know, obviously that's where the stormtroopers, that's their whole, the idea behind them, I think, too, is they're just kind of disposable, just, the empire doesn't care whether they live or die. They don't really give them that much training. They just, all right, go, you know, yeah, run at that well, door and we'll shoot you in the back if you turn around. <laughs> yeah. And it's an important distinction to make. We are saying stormtrooper, not clones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So after episode three, the emperor didn't want to do clones anymore. Um, and I can't remember exactly why I read a pretty good explanation for it, but I can't remember why, but um, they essentially moved on to, 
taking in orphans and taking children from their families at a very young age and training them to be stormtroopers. And that essentially just means indoctrinating them and brainwashing them, so to speak. But uh, I don't think it under under that platform, I don't think you can really train an elite soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, and exactly that goes along. Maybe it's just cheaper, you know, maybe it's just cheaper for the Empire to just because, you know, they have galactic control, essentially. So all they have to do is levy conscripts, you know, steal children from all these different planets. So it's just it's just cheaper. You know, they can yeah. pick up a bunch of kids, brainwash them, just throw them into the, you know, into battle. And who cares if they live or die? You know, we'll just overwhelm the enemy with numbers. It's kind of yeah. like the it's like the Russian philosophy too of in World War Two, you just just throw bodies at the problem, and you really don't care about them. Yeah. But that oh, this brings up uh, <laughs> I watched this YouTube video. It was about uh, Darth Vader is convinced to. Um, it's just a comical little thing, but he's convinced to implement a. Um, a healthcare program. I don't know if I've, have I brought this up on the podcast? No, you haven't. Okay. So he, he's like, okay, let's implement a, a healthcare program for the stormtroopers. And so they all get LASIK so they can <laughs> yeah. actually see. <laughs> is this the, is this the video that, uh, makes them super accurate and then they actually kill Luke? Yeah. Yeah. They do a whole, <laughs> a whole rendition of what would have happened in a new hope except that the stormtroopers can actually see and it is hilarious that's <laughs> funny. just bullseyeing on the practice range they're bullseyeing like uh gungans and just doing backflips and all sorts of it's hilarious i don't know who, but that's... Who, who knew the success for the empire actually being a worthy fighting force is healthcare right exactly <laughs> but that's inside <laughs> You should check it out. I don't know who made it. It's somewhere. I've seen the. I've seen the the title. I haven't watched it though. I, it's it's. I got serious serious laughs over yeah. it. So. so, so, so meanwhile, to go back, you know, mentioning that the stormtroopers are just kind of lined up, taking the shots, mm-hmm. and slowly moving forward. While this is going on, uh, the network leader. I really should remember his name, or look it up. Let's look that up. While I'm looking that up, essentially, uh, he's like looking at his computer and just trying to figure out what's... He's trying to look at a display screen to figure out why the doors aren't opening. And Leia goes, well, can't we just climb up into the vents and see what's wrong? And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. What do they What do they say? Like, we're too small or we don't have time for that or whatever. And she says, well, get me a ladder. I'll help. And yep. the leader tries to say no. And then Obi-Wan's like, hey, you trust me? I trust her. Get her a fucking yep. ladder. <laughs> he doesn't say Which that, but cool. you know, he says, get her a ladder. Yeah, that was definitely an interesting moment. It's like, I, yeah, like why? You know, why would Obi-Wan, you know, why would he just say, no, it's too risky? He just He just goes with it. Like, so I don't know if it's just he knows her very well. He knows she's more capable than most people would think she was mm-hmm. or she had a, like a moment of intuition with the force where she kind of intuited the problem and Obi-Wan kind of understood that. So he just let her go. I don't know. It could be a combination of the two. Yeah. So the, but, the network leader's name is uh Roken. Roken. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So while they're stalling and trying to fix the problem, Leia's in a vent trying to track these wires and figure out what's wrong with the the doors and why they won't open. Um, and the the I want to call I just call them the rebels because what the hell? That's yeah. They're proto rebels. They're basically fighting a just a, a organized semi organized retreat through the tunnels as the stormtroopers are coming, just shooting, going around corners, taking cover. Um, I, think they, I think they call it the path. The path. That's what they are. They're the path. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So that's what, um, basically, then we have the scene of the that uh, loader droid and, what's her name? Tala, you said? Yep, Tala. Yep. So they, basically, they get just shot to pieces right in the, in oh, the tunnel. Yeah, she dies. Yep. Yep. Um, Obi-Wan's right there, too. And then she pulls out a thermal detonator and blows herself up right at the end. Mm-hmm. So they, they can close another blast door. And that's where that's where then Obi-Wan um, basically goes to that, the the leader. What? I already forgot his name. Roken. Roken. And basically he's like, all right, I'm giving myself up. Like, they're... They're here for me. I'm just going to give myself up. So he hands over his lightsaber and everything. And he gives a little spiel like you're a natural leader and everybody looks to you. And the guy's like, yep. Okay, cool. Um, we're just we're just starting this thing. It's only the beginning. Uh, Is that when it happened or am I missing it? Up? I think he d- I think he says that. At the beginning of the next episode or the end of this one. Oh, you might be right. But I think either way, I think at this point, Obi-Wan gives himself up. Yep, gives up wow. his uh, gives up the communicator that he's been using to talk to uh, mm-hmm. Organa. Yeah, what's his first name? Uh, I don't I remember. Don't know. Organa, Organa, Senator, <laughs> Senator. Um, and that ends up, yeah, that communicator ends up what like kicked in the dirt or something. I don't yeah, remember. Bale. His name is Bale. Yeah, Bale, he gives yeah. it to the guy who was faking like he was pretending to be a Jedi back on that other planet. Mm-hmm. That guy's cool. <laughs> and he, yeah, yeah. He basically says, like, promise me you'll get Leia home and all this stuff. And he's like, you're going to you're going to trust a guy who is taking money from people and pretending to be a Jedi. And he says, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but that he subsequently ends up dropping his communicator gotcha but yeah then that's when you know obi-wan goes out and or well so first the guy goes you can't go out there and fight without a weapon and i think he says there's other ways to fight yeah so that's kind of the callback of him dueling anakin and yeah exactly all these decisions yeah yeah anakin disarms him and he still basically gets up close to him and is punching him and outmaneuvering yeah. and eventually takes his lightsaber with their flashback. But he gets yeah. brought out to the landing craft outside the uh, the structure and Reva's there. and Stormtroopers little... are all in formation. Mm-hmm. And then they have the conversation about Vader and stuff and things. And I don't remember exactly what they said between the two where he's behind the blast door and when he's out here, but basically yeah, he, he's like, I'm you, you brought this, but I'm bringing Vader to me. And, you know, 
I, how did that go? He, uh, he, they, I think he again tries to say like, let's work together on this or something. And mm-hmm. she says something like, how do you know he won't see? How do you know he won't know? Right. He says, cause all he'll see is me. Gotcha. Um, but then, yeah, I think just before that, when Reva thinks that she's got the strategic or planning, or she thinks that she's the one on top, he goes, you're not bringing Vader to me. I'm bringing him to you. Yep. And I guess her demeanor didn't necessarily change. She didn't really say much after that. I think she just ordered the, the clones to uh, hold him just inside the door and close the door. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she kind of looks like, well, this little asshole, he got me. <laughs> Stormtroopers for all you out there. Caught that. Um, yeah. What? Did I say clones? I, I was, yeah, you did. Oh. Uh, it's fine. I just know there's some people who are screaming at their yeah, yeah, yeah. headphones. And um, that's okay. If you're screaming at me saying that, leave a comment. <laughs> right. Exactly. We want those comments. We want to hear how dumb we sound. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes. So I'm sure there's a bunch of mistakes. So um, at this point in the show, the first time I saw it, I didn't think much of it. Like, I mean, I kind of thought it was weird. Like he gave himself up. And then after they have a little mm-hmm. conversation, she immediately tells him to lock him inside again. Mm-hmm. It's like, just hold him outside. Yeah, I, I didn't get that either. It seemed kind of weird because I think she made the decision like, OK, well, you are bringing Vader to me. I think now without any kind of verbal agreement she is somewhat going to follow obi-wan's plan in that he's going to try to create a series of events that would be kind of confusing or take vader's focus and put it onto him so that she can do something i think she's like okay well now it's it's better time than any but you know whatever no better time than now yeah that that's what confused me too is it didn't seem like they really agreed to anything like they kind of agree, like she sort of tacitly agreed to his plan, like you said, that he would serve as a distraction, but they didn't really lay it out. And then Mm-mm. she just like, OK, two stormtroopers bring him back inside. Like, why? Why would you bring him in? I, I just yeah, it didn't. She was kind of going along with the plan, like you said, where maybe he'd do something in there, but she doesn't know. So I don't know why they didn't lay that out. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'll go and create a distraction. But then I'll do this. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think <laughs> he gets inside the doors closed and then he like elbows one of them, takes his gun, shoots both of them and then just chucks the gun again. Yeah, which is another thing about the stormtroopers. that's hilarious is you can just elbow them in their helmet and somehow that knocks them out or incapacitates. Like, what the hell is the armor for? <laughs> yeah, You could just punch him in the face and uh, I don't know. But yeah, he disables them. Well. When they're in the uh, Inquisitor Fortress, uh, Tala literally slaps one. Like you can see yeah. in the scene, she open fist slaps a, a stormtrooper. I almost said clone trooper. <laughs> <laughs> slaps him and then he falls down. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that was the plan. Maybe that was the plan is she was basically releasing Obi-Wan. I think that so. was their understanding. She knew that he would overpower them, but she yep. couldn't just tell the stormtroopers like, let him exactly. go. Yeah. So, but then, that's and then probably. Darth Vader shows up, and I've got him. I've got him uh, secured inside, Lord. It's like sure you do. <laughs> and then, 
what he just goes in alone i'm trying to remember i thought he went in with a bunch of stormtroopers darth but, vader yeah uh i think he goes in alone so then then it shows i don't remember well it, regardless if he goes in or not like i said how stormtroopers are so afraid for their life especially in the presence of darth vader i think there was a a very learned expectation that if he's there don't get in his way he's gonna do it so like they weren't like storming the hallways and doing tactical movements and didn't have their guns up even if you know if they were there because mm-hmm. i think i remember darth vader just storming through the hallway yep exactly and then and it's, what is it cuts it, to the ship then them on the ship or yeah, it's just, I think, as Obi-Wan is coming in is when Leia finally realizes that Lola has just been in the vents causing causing all this ruckus, which is keeping them from escaping, and she catch, captures uh, Lola and realizes there's a restraining bolt on her. I'm assuming the droid's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Lola quickly assists in fixing the problem, and the doors open, and this is when Darth Vader storms through the final door to get to the bay where the ship is starting to take off. And the thing I thought was really cool is he just, you know, uses the force, lifts his hand and like stops the ship from taking off, even though like thrusters are on full. Yeah. That pulls it awesome. back down to the ground and peels the side of this ship open like it was tinfoil to find yeah, out that it's scene. empty. That's awesome. Yeah. You just, there, you know, never really knew, you know, kind of the, what kind of power Darth Vader had because in all the other uh, shows, movies, everything else, I mean, he's just, you know, throwing objects, you know, using the force a little bit, but then you get to see, you know, how much power he actually has or at least uh, a small demonstration. An, wasn't it in a new hope? He force chokes a guy through an intercom. Like he yeah. could have been planets away and he force chokes this dude. And what does he turns to him? He's like, you've been promoted. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that don't, was don't fail me. Hoth, I think that was Hoth when the the admiral brought the ships too close. And they brought sh- anyways. That's too nerdy. I don't remember. Um, um, yeah, and then as he pulls the ship apart and realizes it's empty, another ship from behind this one takes off and gets away. Which I guess he was all out of juice because he couldn't stop that one. And then, and then I think this is where they have their final flashback at the end of their training session where uh, even though Obi-Wan doesn't have his lightsaber, actually, it doesn't... Uh, Anakin has it at this point. He took it from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, admit, admit admit, you're beaten. And he, you know, he's on the ground. Somehow he gets up, hits him a couple times, gets behind him, uses the force to pull his lightsaber back up to his hand. And then from behind, you know, I don't know if he necessarily says anything quirky because it's supposed to be a learning Mm -hmm. lesson, you know, not a spiteful thing, but he just tells him, he's like, you're a great Jedi Anakin, but your need to win blinds you. Yep. And perfectly pairs up with the events that just happened where, in all of Vader's abilities and literally pulls this ship and how many megatons of thrust it's trying to use to escape, escape the port. He pulls it to the ground, deactivates it and rips it apart only to let this other ship get away. Yep. Perfect. It was a perfect, yeah, perfect illustration. And I, that's mm-hmm. twice now I've ruined the punchline here. 
always putting the punchline first. <laughs> I mean, you just got to time it. You can, you can. Yeah, I got to time it. It's like eating dessert before dinner. Right. I to have just, I'm to not have dessert the again. Whole story together. <laughs> I'm working through this in real time. Um. So. Yeah. Well, and that episode was three weeks ago. So forgive, right. forgive us. <laughs> um. So then that that's the end, pretty much, right? Um. Uh yeah, Reva comes up behind him. Oh yeah, tries yeah. I, to stab him. Jeez, that's not the end. <laughs> he uh he's facing away from her, and she ignites her lightsaber and like is trying to slash him. And he slowly yeah. turns around. You can see he's got his hand up, so like he was anticipating it, and he's using the force to prevent her from completing her swing. And they have this little dialogue. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think <sighs> he essentially says did you really not think i would see this coming mm-hmm. and then um he pushes her away and then just lets her come at him and he doesn't even have his lightsaber out he's just for as clunky as he is and in canon there's a, a comic book where after anakin gets his his robotic arm they talk about how he had to relearn some training because even though it was robotic and it was attached to him there was lag. So Darth Vader's like entire body is almost robotics. So the amount of training he had to have to get back to this point where he's not even, he doesn't have a lightsaber out. He's not dodging or deflecting her shots or her swings at this point. He's just like sidestepping her. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, so like the, yeah, the forethought and the strategic knowledge to think like, okay, well, she's probably going to come at me at this angle, blah, 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 in order to give himself enough time to, control his robotics and and you can see how she's trying to combat this disadvantage too because she knows i mean he's obviously way more powerful than her because he can stop her uh lightsaber but she's like darting around and doing gymnastics and just trying yeah. to get behind him and stay you know to get at him from behind basically but she's trying to uh overcome his or use his weakness to her advantage but he's just you know like you said, he could stop the lightsaber from behind him and he's totally just completely toying with her. Yeah. And, and then he eventually gets her lightsaber away and breaks yeah, it so, in two. Yeah. So she, she pulls out the other part of the lightsaber. Cause I think once she was given, <laughs> given, you know, as a ploy, but the title of grand inquisitor, uh, she now has the grand inquisitor's blade or at least, a semblance of it where she can emit a blade out the other side and it spins. So she's doing that. And Darth Vader uses the force to like essentially make the blade stop spinning, pulls it from her, breaks it in half and throws the other half back to her. So then at this point they kind of have a duel again. Um, where ultimately he just stabs her through the gut. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, I, I'm, we kind of talked about this back in episode two, um, how I had a theory. But at this point, after he stabs her, who walks in but the previous Grand Inquisitor? Mm-hmm. And then takes the metal off of her chest and puts it back on him. And he has some retort to uh, the actor who played the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, he said that based off what he knew about the character, this is a person who thought himself an equal to Darth Vader. So it's like, He's the one he starts talking. He steps in front of Darth Vader and it's like, okay, that's pretty bold. Right. But uh uh 
says something like, we'll leave you where we found you, like in the gutters or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't yep. kill her. Which is one of those things. They should really uh, work on that. Actually make sure that the, <laughs> she's dead, you know? Right, exactly. Because uh, people in Star mm -hmm. Wars have a tendency to come back, it seems like. Um, yeah. But, so that they then leave, she, right? Then she then, sees the, uh, yep. the communicator. So then the, the jig is up, basically. It's like the recording of, of course, it was Organa talking to Obi-Wan about the two children and they're on Tatooine and so she gets the whole the whole story uh, yeah and it was it looks like it had been stepped on so the recording is broken I don't know if he mentions both the children but he definitely mentions Luke and you hear right. Owen's name and help him or something like that yeah you're right you're right so yeah basically she already knows Owen because she had interaction with him Knows yep. about Tatooine. It's amazing how how she recovered from the lightsaber wound. I mean, like what, once what, again, what planet? Tatooine. 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 Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my father-in-law once called it Tatadooney. <laughs> Tatadooney. <laughs> yes, works. Close enough. <laughs> it's got sand dunes. Yeah. Um. So that's the yeah. End. Then that's the end of that. <laughs> that yeah. That's the end of that episode, and then. The beginning of the next one is obviously the group of people that just escaped. Oh, no, actually, isn't the end. Uh, Roken tells Obi-Wan like they sit down and like Obi-Wan has this uh, this force uh, moment where he realizes Reva found the communicator and he mm -hmm. looks troubled and Roken's like, is everything all right? And he kind of shirks it off because gives a smile and he's like, I'm sure it's nothing. Yep. Yep, there you go. But then that's when Roken tells him, like, our warp drive is down and the Empire is following us. <laughs> yep, yep. What are we going to do? That was a pretty cool... I, I like that scene where they're, they're developing it a little bit more, um, where you see the evasive maneuvers, too, with the the pursuing... Uh, um, I'm having a blank. The ship. Star Destroyer. Yeah, is, which is the opening of the next one. Yeah, right, right. Well... We can get into it, right? Um, oh, yeah. No, for no, sure. No, oh, I think this one ends with them on the bridge, uh, Vader on the bridge of the Star Destroyer, and basically they're going into hyperdrive, chasing down the... Is that how it ends, or is that how the next one begins? I, I don't know. I don't know. Semantics. It is known that they're following them. It is known. It is written. I Wait, I have spoken. There you go. The guy but, from Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, I like the evasive maneuvers that they showed. That's it. Just adds a little bit more because they're just shooting uh, blasters and laser cannons at this fleeing ship, and the ship's just going back and forth and dodging and evading. Mm -hmm. and you can see some hits on the shield, and I like those details rather than just yeah. like a smooth. You know, this one's following that one. You get to actually see some of their evasive maneuvers. I don't know if that's just from like. Star Trek, <laughs> the evasive maneuvers. <laughs> I like to see some of that crossover. But... I like the uh, every time I see something like that in a Star Wars movie or anything else, it makes me think of Family Guy when they do the Star Wars episode and uh, it's like the Empire is shooting at this exact situation, except it's, you know, 
uh, Peter is Han Solo and they're in the Millennium Falcon and they're running away from a Star Destroyer. And the guy in the Star Destroyer who, I don't know, he's just a guy who makes a comedy. He's like, wow, these guys are really good. And he, somebody goes, well, they're really just listing to the left and right. Yeah, exactly. They're just listing. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it was in the, because, uh, yeah, they were making fun of the Millennium Falcon. That's what it always, in the first three, it just lists back and forth. Yeah. It's like its signature move. <laughs> Whenever mm-hmm. you see it. <laughs> oh, that's good. I love Family Guy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, but then they, that's that's where the next episode picks up. Indeed. All right. And I think you kind of see Darth Vader's on the bridge and the Inquisitor is uh, standing next to him. And uh, that might be. Another, another couple scenes in, but you know, Obi-Wan is like debating on essentially doing what he does. He's after me. I gotta go. Mm-hmm. That's where he tells Roken like, yeah. Hey, these people, you're a really good leader. They're going to need another one or, you know, they're going to need you. And he goes, I'm just getting started. There you go. Yep. I was way ahead on that one. Dang it. Um, Only one episode, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so ba- and basically, he's Obi Wan wants to give himself up, and everybody's trying to convince him. No, don't do it. You know, you know, Leia's all upset. Everybody's you know trying to talk him out of it, and they spend a long time. I thought, like, it takes him a long time to actually go through with it because we get like five minutes plus of them on that ship just getting shot at. That was kind yeah. of odd to me. It well, felt over drawn out. I think those five minutes started out with Roken telling him like our shields aren't going to last. They're at like 30%, blah, blah, blah. How long is it going to take to fix the, the hyperdrive or whatever? And yeah, then he tells him, I don't even think he tells him. He's like, you're going to do it again. Aren't you? Mm-hmm. So and then again, tells the fake Jedi to get, get Leia home. Right. So eventually he goes through with it mm-hmm. and gets off on a, just a transport ship. Mm-hmm. And, and so and he takes off and they, they split and basically then it cuts to the scene on the, the command deck of the star destroyer and the inquisitor. They basically say, you know, whatever Lord Vader, if there's a second ship, it's whatever. There's one life form aboard or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, it's Obi-Wan. And the Inquisitor's like, which one are you going to go after? He's like, surely not, you know, Obi-Wan. Yeah, it tells him we can we can take out this entire network in its entirety right now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, of course, Vader goes and turns the ship and goes after Obi-Wan. But, you know, which is another yeah, thing. Like, says something could... like Obi-Wan's the only thing that matters right now or something like that. Right. And couldn't, couldn't... Um, Vader have just gotten in a, his own ship and chased him. I don't know. <laughs> but Well, I know, I right? Because they get into the orbit of the planet, and that's what he does anyway. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but, I, I mean, I guess they had to find a way to let the other ship escape. So there you go. So then, yeah, so they both go to this planet, and then we have an interaction that I was very much looking forward to this whole time. Oh, um, actually the opening scene is Riva on Tatooine. 
Oh. And it looks like the old boss from the sashimi plant is like pushing people out of the way and he's stealing water and she confronts him, scares him because he she uses the force to like rip the cup out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And then she confronts the guy handing out water, like where's Owen kind of thing. That's right. They did kind of a split back and forth between her on Tatooine and Obi-Wan and Vader. Yep. For half Which I've heard people show. complain about that too. Like, no, we want to watch Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fight. Why are we going and doing this? And it's like, well, there's, we need to wrap up all of this, you know, cause mm-hmm. As we've seen, Inquisitors, when stabbed in the gut, don't die. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, I was just telling you that before we recorded, I think, that this, I feel like they did, they couldn't have done a better job with this last episode, just wrapping it up. I mean, there might be some little details here and there, but I really think it was very well done. Yo, I teared up when they were fighting. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I choked yeah. up a little bit. It was pretty dramatic. It's serious. Yeah. I mean... I just every little detail that went into it, I really don't have a lot of criticism. I mean, we, we might we might find some criticism here when we dig into it, but just yeah. on the first watch through, I was just thoroughly impressed. But but like yeah. you're saying, so, she was on Tatooine looking for Luke and yep. it just some scenes of Owen. Um basically some guy comes into a shop that he and Luke are in. It it almost it's it looks almost exactly like Watto's shop. Yeah, I know, right? It it, it's been. not, but um, so some guy I don't know warns him that the Inquisitors looking for him, I think, and so they go back to their um, uh, moisture farm and kind of get ready for her uh, to come attack them. Um, and then whatever brews, like I think she says they come out at night or she's going to come at night. So they get, they get all prepped for that. And then it cuts back and forth. And I don't know where it cuts back and forth between the two, but yeah, but then, uh, yeah. And it seems like, Oh, and he's just like the way he's talking and stuff. Like his immediate plan is she's not, she's not coming till night. And it's still daylight. Let's grab some shit and let's leave. And Baru is like, she pulls this brick out of the side of the building oh, yeah. and like pulls this rifle out that like seemingly she is concealed. And he's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Well, we knew this day might come eventually." And yep. essentially tells her like, "Husband, no, we're fighting for our child." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, that was pretty cool. So they so they, they, they create these makeshift like high points and ambush points and stuff and. They kind of lie to Luke a little bit. They said, "Oh, the Tuscan Raiders are on a, they're on a raid again. Nothing is safe. Stay in this room." Which I liked. I liked that because he's got to be blissfully unaware of his past and who's coming for him and what's out there. So they kind of that was kind of like a little, uh, a good way to to just keep show to that they're still can. hiding the the whole plot here. Yeah, from Luke. He, yeah, he's completely unaware of his everything basically in episode four. So. This this is yep. kind of just an example of why he would be blissfully ignorant of everything that's going on while well, still and, and having a fight go on in there. Even if they weren't concerned about plot holes and how episode, you know, plot the New holes. Hope starts out, uh, 
just the plan in general, how they're trying to hide him. If they tell him he's force sensitive, he might start trying to use this stuff and hone it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like Vader's going to find him. Yeah. So regardless, if they're just trying to marry up with a new hope, it's just sound decision making yep. there. Indeed. So, yeah. So they basically lock him in some sort of building, I think, and then tell him to run if he has to. And then yeah. they set up and wait for her to come. And then it cuts back and forth between the confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader, which was pretty epic. I mean, it was it was great. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. They're just how how far we want to break it apart. But basically, I mean, they're dueling on this planet, just the two of them. I've got... I've got the episode pulled up on my other monitor just to keep myself fresh as we're talking. <laughs> Dang it. Dude, that, sh- that ship running away from the Star Destroyer really was just listing. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Well, yeah. it was It was listing up and down, too. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just being unpredictable. And then- oh, and then, so, after all that, and you see Owen and Baru uh, kind of start getting ready and tell Luke to stay there. Um. They cut back to Obi Wan, and he's just about to get off his ship, and he finds that Leia put Lola in his pocket because there was a scene where a bunch of the kids on the cargo ship or the transport ship were scared, mm. and she was letting him play with Lola, and then Obi Wan pulls her aside to tell her that he's leaving, but I think she says they're scared and said that Lola calms him down and he goes, ah, maybe I should take her or something to that effect. So I think that's why yep. she did that. Yeah. Also, just in case he lives, he's got to return Lola. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. I didn't even think of that. That's perfect. Yeah, because otherwise he would have no reason to see her again. Yeah, I like it. I like it. But it was just a little, little touching callback thing there. Mm-hmm. So then they, yeah, they get onto this planet, you know, Vader follows them to this planet. It's doesn't seem to be like any vegetation. There's a bunch of uh, stalactites everywhere or spires, you know, whatever. It's very dark. So I don't know if it's just a random rock, but clearly they can breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if it's just nighttime there now or if the atmosphere is so dingy from noxious fumes or whatever, but. Obi-Wan's just standing there, and Vader pulls up a ship in front of him, and that's where they start. Mm-hmm. I gotta to watch if there again. was any dialogue at that point. I don't know if there was. Oh, there yeah, he, been. Darth Vader says, have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? He says, I will do what I must. Yes, yeah. And then he says, then you will die. Which is the exact line that happened on Mustafar when they start fighting. Yeah. Obi-Wan basically, also, I will do what I really, must. Yep. Yeah. Also, a really cool part in this scene is when Obi-Wan first ignites his saber, he takes on his old stance that you see him yeah. use all the time. So that's, I think, kind of how we were, uh, if we uh, look back at some of the comments we made in the other episodes where he's not the same Obi-Wan Kenobi he's been now and he's, you know, he's got PTSD and he's cut off from the force and he's just a just an image of really the brazen Jedi he used to be. I think 
seeing him take on this stance is kind of like he's he's starting to you know get the feels again yeah no exactly i love that um because that's kind of what the whole series is about it starts off with him just being a cutting up sushi or sushimi whatever it is and he's broken and then slowly slowly you know he digs up his lightsaber then he goes and rescues leia but he never uses his lightsaber he's using blasters he uses the force a little bit to stop her from falling then um on the it almost uh, made him pass out man he was sweating from that exactly and then then he stops you know he's progressing he's using more and more of his uh, abilities and he's getting kind of back into it there was a scene on that uh inquisitor uh what did they call it the fortress or whatever it was mm-hmm. where he's in the hallway and the glass breaks yeah he's using the force to hold the water bag while also deflecting uh laser blasts and you can see in that scene where they i don't know if it was intentional i'm sure it was intentional where he's like rusty at first and then he just starts to get better and better and better and he's deflecting these and actually deflecting the lasers and actually hitting people with them and so you could just see he's kind of getting more comfortable and then when he's battling in that hallway another hallway um uh just what we just talked about where the stormtroopers are coming in and he's basically retreating but he's in the full swing of things he's completely Mm -hmm. just deflecting laser blasts cutting people down but he doesn't i don't think he uses the force to push anybody so yeah but then it it just brings it all back to right there when he he gets in that stance and Mm -hmm. he's you know it call a call back to mustafar where if you come here to destroy me obi-wan and i will do what i must and he gets in a stance and boom lights up his lightsaber so he's like he's ready to go it's now or never it's just the two of them he's got no escape there's nobody that he needs to protect at this point i think they, it's just gonna I think they call it i think they call it the form three sarisu okay. combat stance yep but so he's he's all i mean basically he's as good as he's gonna get he's we know we can't die we know neither of them can die at this point but you know we're gonna see we're gonna see kind of uh i don't know I don't know, just some cool action, cool action between the two of them. And that's basically what we get. They're dueling and uh, you could see Obi-Wan's better than Vader, I think, right off the bat, it seems like. He's just easily deflecting um, his lightsaber and they slowly get into moving objects around, throwing things at each other, pushing each other. But you can see they're pretty equally matched. Yeah. Um. And it's kind of, it's like one of those, they developed that back in uh, the Clone Wars uh, or the Attack of the Clones where they fight Count Dooku or Yoda does. Mm -hmm. And you see this mashup where they start off with lightsabers and basically, you know, they're equal. They're equal in their ability with the lightsaber. So then they start just, they put the lightsabers aside eventually and start throwing objects at each other. And then it goes to Count Dooku using force lightning and Yoda just, absorbing it at some point so it's like uh they're kind of doing a callback to that where it starts with the dueling and then slowly builds up to um just completely using the force to fight each other which was pretty cool um so and i think i think vader starts it by starting to throw objects at him bigger and bigger um I need to watch this again. I'm going to watch it again after this. 
<laughs> I think. But he basically, I think at this point, he basically throws him in a hole and then starts throwing in big rocks. Just yeah, gigantic, he... these stalactites, mites, whatever they are, things. Yeah. Unless there's, I mean, I, I don't remember in enough detail the lightsaber battle to really comment on anything yeah, else. Yeah, it's but... kind of hard to remember when they go back and forth, but um, yeah, they fight for a while, and I know it seems pretty equally matched, but then you're right, like, Vader starts pulling out the Force, and like... Oh, what he does, I mean, I'm probably, see, this is one of those things where I'm I'm throwing out the punchline again. I don't know. Um, basically, he he eventually pushes Obi-Wan away from him and then says something to him about how he's way more powerful now or something like that, and he puts his hand to the ground and just opens up this huge fissure. Yeah, he like Hulk underneath. smashes. Yeah, exactly. It's like a Hulk smash. So it looks like Obi- Obi-Wan is the one who initiates using the Force to like topple stuff over. And Darth Vader says, uh, your strength has returned, but the weakness still remains. Right. And now, like, Darth Vader's just throwing rocks at him, and Obi-Wan has to, like, you know, dodge them or hit them to break them up. Yeah. Yeah, and then he hits him a few times with some rocks. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't... Maybe I'm just putting things together, but it seems like if they put a lot of thought into this, they're kind of reenacting. Maybe not, maybe not like on, uh, when Luke fights Vader and they have a little duel on, uh, uh, cloud city. Mm-hmm. And, Oh yeah. Yeah. They duel for a while. And then Vader just basically like starts throwing stuff at him and Luke's trying to deflect these things. And eventually he just pushes him out of the, the window. Um, with like a, a hurricane of different objects. So I, I kind of, it seems similar to that, but you know, of so course, what more can when, you uh, when Vader opened up that hole in the ground to push Obi-Wan in it and fill it with rocks before he fills it with rocks, I thought it was going to be like a, a rehash of, mm-hmm. I have the higher ground. Don't try it. <laughs> exactly. I did too. I, I, but, looped, I think I said that out loud too. <laughs> yeah. But so it's, it's funny because, uh, Obi-Wan, when fighting Darth Maul, had the lower ground but jumps over him and slices him. But when Anakin has the lower ground and Obi-Wan has the higher ground in episode three, you know, it's clearly a a technique in his fighting skills that he has mastered to Mm -hmm. be able to uh, come back from the lower ground or defend from the higher ground because he, you know, cuts Anakin down and he cut from the high ground and then he cuts Darth Maul down from the low ground. I feel like you said, I think you brought this up and I don't know if it was in the recording, but when he says that, like I have the high ground, I don't think that really means he's basically getting inside the mind of his adversary and could be. Yeah. Um, he, he knows he's basically putting the idea in his head that he's got to try this move. Like he says, I have the high ground. So then Anakin gets, he into told that him mindset. not to try it. <laughs> Exactly, but then he knows that Anakin is it's going to be well, like a, yeah. a, a threat or like a, a taunt. Like, I bet you can't do this, you know. Yeah, it's like, I have won't. the high ground. I bet you can't do this, and then yeah. don't try it. 
So he knows that's going to work with Anakin's personality and he's going to try it, do something reckless. Well, uh, yeah, especially now in the Obi-Wan series where we saw that throwback to their training session yep. where, you know, throughout the fight before they conclude it or the training, not necessarily they were fighting, but tells them you're so, you're so bent on victory all the time or destroying your opponent. And I think actually one point in the training, it says mercy doesn't win wars or doesn't win fights or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah. So, but then again, too, you know, it's kind of, it is that, that it's a callback that him being in the pit and Vader being on top and he does have the high ground too, but then Obi-Wan doesn't do anything about it. You know, he doesn't get baited into that trap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, what was I going to say? Yeah. To the, to the training portion. Yeah. When he tells him like you're, blinded or whatever i think obviously the training session flashbacks happened in actual filming time much much later than episode three but you know true to the character when obi-wan tells him stuff like this he just instead of like taking the criticism and like learning from it it just gets him more riled up and you could be right, like a little bit of reverse psychology, a little bit of taunting, but mm-hmm. um, regardless if that was his intention, you know, he tells him like Anakin, and I have the high ground. Don't, right? Don't try this. And then he says, you, you know, you underestimate my power. Uh, true to character, he just thinks that he's surpassed many people in dueling skills, and they actually did say that in one of the movies when, um. I think Obi-Wan says something about surpassing uh, Anakin, surpassing Master Yoda's fighting skills. And Anakin says, I thought I already had. Yep. Yep. And it might be, you know, we never really see Yoda and Anakin fight, but I would assume that he trains with multiple uh, Jedi masters because they all have their own unique form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I mean, Anakin is, very powerful but then he kind of he doesn't take any um he's not wise basically he's not taking a new information and um he's not humble let's put it that way yeah he's not humble enough to realize that he does have things to learn some of the just you know obi-wan really is using diversion and trickery and stuff like this but it's just smart you know he's just being smart whereas vader is just fixated and um, always advancing goal. instead of you know retreating a little bit to yes. reassess yeah you know, he just goes headlong into everything and just relies on his abilities and his power but obviously it doesn't work in every case yeah so, yeah and then so as we say this episode kind of bounces back and forth but then you know they go back to Tatooine and uh, Reva they see her walking in in the night into the uh the skywalker homestead and she gets ambushed by owen and beru which they do um, a pretty dang good job at defending themselves <laughs> i mean she's yeah, obviously yeah. hurt but oh yeah and at one point owen actually i don't know in the dark if he could have seen that or if it was just a random gut shot that he decided to throw out there but he actually punches her where her presumably where her lightsaber wound is because it really throws her off her balance and they're throwing crates and shit at her and they're shooting 
shooting their uh, laser muskets <laughs> yeah. at her. And they do a pretty good job. Yeah, eventually, they got lucky. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eventually she catches up to Luke. But as they said, like if they, you know, he thought it was going to be sand, sand people, Tuscan Raiders. But uh, they told him, like, if they come in here and run away and there's like a hatch out the top of this building that is just big enough for him. So he runs away, gets a little bit of a head start and Reva starts chasing him uh, into some canyon where she. Uh, like knocks him out, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy that. Um, I mean, if they're they're saying it's sand people and he's blissfully ignorant to all this, it's like, how does he not see who's coming after him, you know? It's a big door, man. I know. I know. I mean, it presumably it's he, dark he, and he probably you know, can't hear all the fighting because the moisture evaporators, man. There you go. They're just running. <laughs> it's like sitting, sleeping next to an AC unit. It's like my fan right here at my feet. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hear. Me. Uh, but yeah, he so she he's on a ledge above her and she like pulls him down with the force and he falls off and gets knocked out. Yeah. And then she starts having these flashbacks. Of oh. yeah, Anakin coming after them. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Yeah, she sees herself laying there. Yeah. Yep. She sees it. Basically, Luke's like transferring back and forth between and her. Yeah. This and is him. this is almost like. I mean, it happens a lot. It happens over a lot more time for Anakin being kind of seduced and you know Palpatine throwing his fingers into his training a little bit to to kind of undermine the humbleness and wisdom of the Jedi. Um. But it's almost like this is her turning point. Like, mm-hmm. kill this kid, this youngling. Like, you were, your your family were killed or not. Right. Almost like, like if she does this, it's like, oh, you're you're going to be, a, you know, dark side user now or whatever. I love that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yep. Because, yep, she would be killing herself, basically, which is kind mm-hmm. of what. Becoming what Vader. Vader did. Yeah doing what he did and becoming what he is probably not if she did i mean okay spoiler she doesn't (laughs) she doesn't do it no she doesn't kill luke (laughs) obviously (laughs) they clone him they clone him yeah Mm -hmm. um she kills him yeah he's just a clone (laughs) spoilers guys sorry yeah but uh before that before she actually gets to the room where luke is in um she says to owen let me see. She says, you really love the boy like he's your own. And he goes, he is my own. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's not not true. This is uncle. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the other part, too, is why they they were just stalling her and she wasn't really interested in them at all. Because she pushes like force pushes Owen down and he gets out of the way and she just, you know, she's focused on getting to Luke. So that's yep. maybe why, you know, they survived, but she could have just as easily killed him. It seemed like at any point there. Yeah. Um, well, and he also asked like, why are you doing this? And she says for justice. So mm-hmm. you can take a little bit of creative Liberty into that. I mean, I'm sure she's feeling a lot of emotion, but justice, what do you mean? Justice. Justice right. for her, justice for the younglings. Um, you know, if she if she knows that this is Vader's boy, even though I don't think she does, because the the communique that she saw was pretty ripped apart due to being stepped on. Mm-hmm. But she knows it's important. 
to Obi-Wan at least. And Bale Organa. Yeah, um, I think that's probably So maybe true. justice against Obi-Wan at this point for not being there to help her when she was a youngling. Also, I don't know if she does somehow know that it's Anakin's boy. I don't think she does. I think you're right on that. She just knows that it's it would hurt Obi-Wan because he's there to, you know, he would be failing his mission again because Organa asks him to help or protect the boy or something, doesn't he? So she just she just knows that Luke is important to Obi-Wan. So it's kind of yeah. just the only reason she wants to kill him is just to prove a point or something. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Get get back at Obi-Wan a little bit, um, especially because when she was in Tatooine for the first time and she was ready to, you know, she was tormenting Owen a little bit. And he says, you know, I don't know any Jedi. I don't like the Jedi or whatever. And um you know, even though she has this ability to re- read minds, uh, she didn't necessarily do that in Tatooine, but she could definitely feel something was off about Owen. Mm-hmm. So she might also be pissed at Owen because uh, he lied clearly. Because if there's a communique that Obi Wan right. had from Bail Organa mm-hmm. talking about Owen and Owen's boy, Anakin's boy, um, clearly. Owen lied and she did know Obi-Wan was there or he did know. Yeah. That's true. Just all of it, you know, um, she's obviously pissed her attempt to kill Vader thwarted um, her time as a incognito uh, inquisitor or her being an incognito amongst them and her true intentions, even though um, I'm pretty sure the inquisitor and Darth Vader knew all along, probably years before this happened. Yeah. They definitely indicated that for sure. Because I'm pretty sure now that the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, um, let her stab him so that Vader could essentially set in motion this plan that him and the Inquisitor probably talked about Mm -hmm. to get her to enact her plan. Yeah, because she was obviously talented. I mean, just look at how it went down. So they were just using her one way or the other to to get to. Obi-Wan. Well, and they, they kind of said that. We're ba- bouncing back to the last episode, or episode five again, but of Obi-Wan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Inquisitor says, uh, all your rage and revenge was very useful for us, but now it's just getting frustrating. She's got an interesting name, too. <laughs> Reva. I'm just thinking about that. It's like revenge, yeah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of her MO. Yeah. But then, so <laughs> then the scene goes back to Darth Vader and Obi Wan, because <laughs> we already kind of explained the rest of uh, what happens on Tatooine. There, um, Vader walks away, says something like, "I don't know." I don't know what he says. I don't know what he says, but he walks away thinking that Obi Wan is now dead or is about to die because he's under a bunch of rocks. Um, but we see that like the camera pans to like underneath the rubble and you see Obi-Wan is just sitting there struggling to, he's just holding the rocks off from crushing Mm -hmm. him. And then he starts hearing a bunch of flashbacks like Anakin saying, I don't fear the dark side, a bunch of all this other stuff. And initially it makes it seem like everything he's hearing or that he's thinking about is how much he's failed. Yeah. Um, But, but then he, uh, he starts thinking about his new purpose. 
Leia yeah. and Luke. And I think he sees her face at some point or something. Um, and he realizes that he's he has a purpose and he has to connect to the force to yeah that's what i got out of it is he was he finally completely opened himself up to the force and then all these emotions and thoughts and his new purpose like he said just come flooding in and and he goes from just barely keeping these rocks off of him to literally obliterating them and shooting them out of this hole yeah and then he's and then he's able to use his jedi force powers or whatever and he like sneaks up on darth vader yeah well he doesn't he like just jumps like force jumps out of the hole and bounds up the side of it just really yeah. fast and then it's and then he's yep vader's just about to step onto the ship and like he turns around at the last second obi-wan's right there and i i would venture to say that after he gets out of that hole and how much more vigor and ability he has for this round two, so to speak. I think he's stronger than he Dude. has ever been in the force. It's weird. It's almost like it's almost like Anakin, you know, goes to the dark side, even though he gets cut yeah. down after he becomes Darth Vader and starts absorbing in his rage. Um, and how obviously more powerful we see Darth Vader is as than what he used to be as Anakin. This is almost like the light side version for Obi Wan. Like he just blows <laughs> shit up. That's exactly that I was. That is exactly what I was thinking. Right as you were saying it, is he he just leveled up. He just went yeah. to the next level. <laughs> right there, he just went boom, cranked it up to eleven. Yep, he was just Spinal a Jedi tap. master. He was like one of the best Jedi masters out there during the Clone Wars, and then you know he failed at his mission. His apprentice turned to the dark side, so he got all depressed about it and PTSD. But then he. So then he cut himself off from the force. But then here he finally reaches back out, connects with the force and he levels up to the next level, like um, where he's actually able to commune with, you know, the dead, I guess the dead Jedis, you know, whomever where he's finally, he, yeah, he's leveled up. That's all I got to say. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, so they start fighting again and he's, Instead of like, you know, Vader, whose saber swings are probably empowered by his rage and the dark side, you see those in a lot of the movies where he's just pounding down on somebody's lightsaber and they're like just getting this unrelenting assault that Mm -hmm. makes it look like they're being attacked by a sledgehammer repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Um, Obi-Wan's not seemingly affected very much more by his big swings. And he he actually this is. He's like beating him back too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Vader's arms are getting. I could be wrong. I might have to watch all of Star Wars content, but I think in in the movies at least, I think this is the first time I see Obi Wan actually use the Force push on a human. Because we've we've talked about how he used it to push like robots and stuff, like the Mm -hmm. Separatist clankers. But uh, there's a scene where he pushes Darth Vader across, probably like forty feet into the side of this wall. And then you see him puts his arm, he puts his arms up and uses the force to lift just a ton of rocks. An ability that I haven't seen Jedi's use really. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with these rocks suspended, just starts like one after the other, just throwing them at him. 
But even if other Jedis have used that, this is not something I've seen Obi-Wan capable of, at least not um, readily uh, apparent in the movies, because, you know, he is a pacifist. Mm hmm. Yeah, you're right. I don't think he's ever. But he's I don't just think we've really seen that. Just pummels Darth Vader. He can't. Darth Vader can't really seem to get out of this storm of boulders coming at him until he closes the distance. But yeah, yeah leveled up, man. Yeah, he did. He just leveled up. He's like, I mean, like a Master Yoda level now or better. I don't know. Somewhere in that ballpark. Because you, I mean, that that's true. The only uh, really Yoda's, I think. Like that battle with uh, Count Dooku once again on um, in attack or uh, the Clone attack Wars. of the clones, attack yeah. of the clones, where Yoda's he catches stuff and lowers it, but he doesn't really he's not throwing objects. I don't think. Right. So I think you're right. That might be something that I don't know if we've seen that before. Where Jedi are like I, using I think it's objects. just not in line with the Jedi ethos. Yeah, you're right. You know, like use it if you have to, but first and foremost, they're really kind of peacekeepers and uh, mm -hmm. really want to rely on diplomacy before they have to pull their lightsaber out. Yeah, it's mainly defensive. Everything's defensive mm -hmm. where this is straight offense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he knows, too, with that he's got to defeat Vader here. Otherwise, yep. Vader's going to kill leia so that's where he's getting yeah, his maybe maybe yeah. or corrupt them or whatever i don't yeah I, at this point like leia's a princess and not well, he doesn't yeah they don't know her significance so i you know what are they what would they do with her i thought well, they were going to return her like i mentioned before but they mm -hmm. did hold her captive because i mean i overlooked the fact that if obi-wan is still after leia then why not keep her Mm -hmm. I well I think he knows what Vader eventually like if he if Obi-Wan lost there on that planet was killed Vader would eventually find out about the kids and either kill them or corrupt them to the dark side so that's kind of I'm just working this out right now so I don't know if this, but maybe that's his motivation is he knows he has to defeat Vader now. And it's not just his life. It's the kids that he's protecting. So that's kind of where he's drawing his um, motivation from. And that's why he's willing to go on the offense, do kind of whatever it takes, I guess, to just either prove to himself or just outright kill Vader at this point. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. course you know if he kills obi-wan here he doesn't train luke leia doesn't know who to, who to ask for help mm -hmm. and yeah i mean <laughs> this this single battle right here well yeah this battle right here if obi-wan dies the entire everything that happens after this essentially doesn't happen and the empire is just unchecked yep yeah exactly I mean, Obi-Wan probably doesn't know that. He might feel something like that, the significance of this fight in the Force, but, you know. Right. I mean, he's 
Uh, does he know of any other... I guess he does know of other Jedi because he saw that... I mean, I was going to say that he knows he's the only Jedi remaining, but he knows there's other ones out there, I guess. At least one, possibly. So yeah. I'm, it, just, it comes down just reiterating that point where he's he knows it's all on the line right here. And basically, if, if he loses to Vader, then it's done. Like, eventually, eventually, Vader will track down um, Luke and Leia. And basically, I mean, he doesn't know about the rebellion or anything like that. But, I mean, these smugglers, the smuggling group, Luke crushed and all that. So, I don't know. It was still really epic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and on scene. We haven't really seen anything like this before, like you were saying. Yeah, with Obi-Wan being so aggressive, like he's... Fighting fire with fire. So, I mean, that doesn't ever work. He's firing it with ice. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, eventually he, he gets in close. He's dodging all these attacks. There, you know, a couple times, like, Obi or Vader will catch Obi-Wan's wrist before he, like, comes down with his saber swing. And then you see a couple times where, like, Obi-Wan will just drop his saber, catch it in the other hand, do a twirl, mm-hmm. and be back at it again. Um, and then eventually he... He like elbows Vader in the the mask and then uses the butt of his saber hilt to just destroy the the apparatus on Vader's uh, chest. I mean, it's a little low. You could probably argue it's his stomach, but whatever. It's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you you hear the iconic uh, Vader wheezing like you did in uh, the original trilogy with Luke. Mm-hmm. Well, Vader breathing, but. Yep. Yeah, and he slashed him a few times too. There was some like glowing uh, saber marks on his back and his arms and stuff like that. Yeah. So Obi Wan was hitting him a few times. And that was like the coup de gras there. He bashes him in the chest. And then what? Then he slashes open his mask, right? Uh, yeah, in a little bit. Like he still force pushes him a couple so times and ruin the punchline again. <laughs> Well, it's yeah, it's right here. He pushes him back and then he sprints and like does this spear jump off of this rock and catches him across uh, the mask. It's actually uh, some people have drawn the parallel here. This is almost exactly like the fight um, that Ahsoka and Vader had during one of the Rebels episodes where Ahsoka catches his mask, cuts half of it open, and then you hear Vader say in a somewhat Anakin voice says her name and then she turns around and that's the first time she realizes that Vader is Anakin. Dang it. I haven't seen that. <laughs> you gotta. Well, now I have, I guess, right? <laughs> it's pretty similar. That's pretty epic though. And that's even epic. if you just skip to that episode, you're not ruining any of the rebels like storyline. Cause it's really not about Vader or Ahsoka. They're just characters who come in eventually, but it is about um, this small group of, uh, rebels who d- they don't even know that there's a rebel alliance or like a faction out there. They're just people who are surviving and they steal from the empire and whatever. And they eventually get roped into it. But yeah, it was, I love that though with the, I'll have to watch it. My kids are actually kind of watching the rebels. Series, but it's really good. I'll have to watch it too. I, uh, the mask thing with the, the two voices, like it cuts back and forth and, between Anakin's voice and Vader's voice, like his little, uh, his whatever microphone thing that 
he uses to communicate is half broken and they have yeah a- and they and they they go back and forth like between the scenes sometimes on vader's mask you see more of uh, the blue from obi-wan's sword or saber uh-huh. um lighting up his mask and then you see some scenes more of anakin's or darth vader's red sword saber <laughs> i didn't know uh, glowing so it's like just a lot of like um symbology here where um Vader is so fixated on Obi-Wan obviously he says he wants to kill him and it obviously looks like his intention um but he's conflicted so mm-hmm. and I actually think it's kind of hard that I've been watching it on my computer monitor I haven't seen it in like a really good TV yet so like the the darks and the colors aren't necessarily saturated but a YouTube channel that I've mentioned a couple of times uh, Star Wars Theory check them out um, has a lot of good theory and a lot of good uh, fan fan fiction and animation that he's created himself. Um, mentioned that the first time Darth Vader looks up, his eyes are blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought I noticed that. I thought so, too. And I don't know if that was just the reflection of the lightsaber, but I really thought, because I, I looked at his eye and, you know, it's they're yellow, right? But then I noticed they weren't yellow at one particular point. Yep, yep, I saw that. So it's like he's conflicted, and I, I don't remember the dialogue. I really don't. I wish I did. I, um, I'm watching it right now, but I don't want to <laughs> just sit here and be a screen voice voice actor for you guys. Yeah, but, but I think it, Obi-Wan, kind of the gist is Obi-Wan is like, you could, you know, like put this behind you at this point right like <laughs> i i think that's his intention because after after he uh you know after vader looks up and uh, i think um obi-wan says anakin i'm sorry and oh, vader yeah. says vader says something like anakin is gone or something but he yeah he starts crying anakin. and he's, he's trying to apologize to him almost like um the whole reason why anakin is vader right now is because he did cut him down on mustafar even though he was he was pretty pretty wacky yeah that that where he says i'm sorry that was perfect because that's like that kind of wrapped it up in a bow like what obi-wan had been experiencing this whole time is he just like he just legitimately wanted to (laughs) apologize to right and for himself yeah more than anything. obviously we know this apology is not gonna like fix the last 10 years of rage and the sedu- the seduction that palpatine has done but um i think seeing obi-wan start to cry and apologize and show true regret guilt and remorse for the way things have turned out definitely doesn't help vader's uh confliction mm-hmm. right and I mean, it just is just a for Obi Wan too. It's just like a moment of catharsis, you know. He gets to just just yeah, genuinely yeah. apologize. So it's yeah, he's him, not. That's the only reason exactly. he's doing it, really. He's not only apologizing to Anakin slash Darth Vader for what he, you know, had to do. Uh, we've seen over this entire season, or this, you know, I hope they do a season two, but this entire season that. Um, all of this stuff is haunting Obi-Wan. So he's not just trying to make things right. And even if it's not received mm-hmm. by Darth Vader, you know, he's uh, 
he's getting over something that's been plaguing him as well. But Mm -hmm. after he says sorry for everything that has happened, the next scene you see, uh, you know, Anakin's face through Vader's mask. Uh, Now the eyes are very red. Mm -hmm. And even though there's a lot of prosthetics on Hayden Christensen in this, you see that he takes on this like really sinister, scary looking. I mean, you can only see his nose, his cheek and his eyebrow and stuff, but Vader's back. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and that apology, obviously, that was like a moment where he could have, there was a possibility, there was just a small possibility that he could have, you know, he could have turned back at this point, you know, he could have admitted defeat and they could have made a plan to get him away from the Emperor and all this stuff, but he just, all that hatred comes flowing back into him and he just completely resolved now that there is no redemption, there's nothing, it's he is Darth Vader at this point, hundred mm-hmm. percent cemented in. Yeah. That, and I think that's where he says too, like I killed Anakin or Anakin is dead or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Uh, uh, he says, I'm not your failure. You didn't kill Anakin. I, I did. Yeah. And now, it, now it literally looks like his eyeball is going to like steal my soul. He looks so sinister in the scene. He's he's just taken on the he's like a he's had kind of a split personality up to this point. He's been slowly building the Vader persona over years, yeah. and then he just completely cuts Anakin off, and he's now become this evil Sith Lord. Yeah. But oh, what was I going to say about that? Um, oh, it it neatly wraps up the whole uh, Obi Wan explanation to Luke. Oh, you knew my father and. Oh, you, my father, and Vader killed him. Me. Yeah, yeah, fought during the Clone Wars. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a young Jedi or a young Sith. Vader killed your father, or something like that. Was the line. Um. So yeah, that, I mean, that kind of kind of wraps that up as to why you know that was kind of a, a plot hole. But yeah, they exactly. they did address it. They addressed it too in Return of the Jedi. And then. uh well, again, obviously, because the the original trilogy was already in existence, uh, you know, Obi Wan clearly has the upper hand here. He couldn't just you couldn't just kill him, right? So, which um, I wonder. He just kind of leaves him. Mm-hmm. He just leaves him. So uh, Vader's very clearly super weak, and yeah. he can't breathe. This everything that's trying to keep him alive through like his. Uh, uh, his suit and everything is clearly failing. Um, so Vader knows he can't fight. Obi-Wan knows he can't fight and he could probably kill him. But the original trilogy won't let that happen. Well, and let's not. So he just, let's he just not, leaves him. Yeah, I mean, and we could come up with reasons as to why it's not just. Like, he doesn't have to kill him at this point. It was kind of going along with my idea of Obi-Wan knows that he's got to beat or defeat Vader. Because... Um, just psychologically, because, yeah, it's obvious he can't kill Vader, obviously, because it'll ruin the entire series. But if we just look at this scene in particular and we take out the rest um, that we know happens later, he doesn't need to kill Vader at this point because he, he's proven that he can beat him. So, yeah, as true. long as Obi-Wan's alive and protecting Luke and Leia, he doesn't he doesn't need to kill Vader. I don't know. Just a little looking at it from a different point of view. 
Right. Oh, the one thing that I thought was really cool. I mentioned it a couple episodes ago when we were talking about Star Wars and how I said that Obi-Wan calls him Darth mm. in A New Hope. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, at the time, I don't think that they had enough uh, background Star Wars lore or, or uh, yeah, just in general lore and other stories surrounding this to have made the decision that Darth is a title and not just a name because, you know, he calls him Darth, but uh, they he did that again. So after he finally says like, okay, my friend is dead and now you are Darth Vader, he calls him Darth. And I think that's out of a little bit of spite. Like, yeah, okay, Anakin, I, I'll call you Darth, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's perfect. Just a spite. Like, I'm not going to call you Vader because that's the name that the Emperor came up with. You're just another right. Sith to me. And then, yeah, so that's basically the end of that. He flies away and then they don't really show um, how Darth Vader gets off of that planet because the next time you see him, like he's in a full new suit, like everything's fixed, his helmet's fixed, he's on his ship talking to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. But uh, before that happens, uh, Obi-Wan finally gets back to Tatooine because uh, I think he he feels some kind of disturbance knowing that like Reva is really conflicted and possibly going to do something to Luke. Um, so he shows up. Yeah. Hey, that's his other motivation too. Cause he did kind of have that feeling on the ship that Luke was in trouble. So he was, he was just trying to beat Vader. Not trying. That was his other motivation. He knew he needed to get out of there quick and get to Luke. Cause he felt that he was in trouble, but yeah, right. you're right. So, but he gets there. A little, a little late, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, a little late. If uh, if Reva hadn't had those uh, kind of visions of herself laying on the ground instead of Luke realizing that she's just kind of doing and becoming what she wants to get revenge against, um, you know, he definitely would have been too late. But we see Obi Wan pulls up, and Owen and uh, uh, Baru are looking for Owen or looking for Luke, screaming his name. Uh, out in the desert and in the dark. Um, Obi-Wan goes like, oh, I'll, I'll go find him. But then you see Reva's silhouette carrying uh, Luke coming back towards them and she's in tears. And I think she says, like, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, uh, I was like, he's like, she's basically from their perspective. She just killed him and brought his body back. Like they seem pretty chill. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they alive. all thought initially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he starts breathing. Yes, yeah, like he's waking up from a nap. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened? Are the Tuscan Raiders gone? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. And then, you know, there's this whole dialogue with Obi-Wan and uh, Reva. And, uh, you know, she puts her lightsaber down and essentially he says, you're free. I think she says, what do I do now? And he goes, you're free. And I'm pretty sure he says we both are. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's one, he's back to Tatooine where um, only really Reva knew that's where Obi-Wan was hiding out on. And now that she's had her redemption arc completed, she's not really going to tell anybody. So Mm -hmm. not only is he still kind of like now back to hiding and free from the inquisitor's eye and, maybe to some extent Darth Vader. Um, I think he's he's free from his own conscience with that uh, confrontation where he was feeling so much guilt and remorse over having to cut Anakin down and 
uh, episode three and now realizing that he there's not much more he can do about that. He came to terms with it. He had his, you know, he mm-hmm. he choked up. He shed a tear for Anakin. Yep. And now he's past it. He apologized. Yep. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It's a little too far. I was going to say it's kind of like a, a little funeral. Had a little funeral and a grieving moment for Anakin and basically closure. Well, I mean, if you think about it, <clears throat> excuse me. That's not the first time he said, I'm sorry to Anakin. He did it when Anakin was burning on the side oh, of that. Oh, he did. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anakin. Yeah. You know, you were like a brother to me. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. Obviously, though, he was in the heat of the moment. I'm so sure just, he meant it, but. So it's kind of just a callback, really. Too. Yeah. But yeah. So and then, yeah, he's free, free from free from Vader. I like that that perspective, too. And not just Vader physically, because Vader might, may or may not still try to find him, but free from Vader in his own mind. Yes. Yep. Thinking, thinking that everything that's happened with the Republic, the, the way the Jedi were, a lot of Jedi were killed and how his own apprentice uh, turned out, you know, he's free from having to toil over how he thinks that's his own fault. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Um. But it seemed kind of hollow to me when he tells Reva that she's free. It's like, well, now she's going to be hunted by the Inquisitors, you know? It's like well, Maybe they don't know if she lived or not. But they just left that's, her there. Their general mission is to go after Force-sensitive people. So, you know, they're going to track her down eventually, right? Well, yeah. However they do that, because they track... That's the whole point of the Inquisitors, right? Is they track down Force-sensitives. So Yeah, perhaps. Eventually but... she's going to get... But then she knows how they work, too. So maybe she'd be better able to avoid them. Yeah, that's true. She knows their tactics. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, perhaps because in this next scene, perhaps not like maybe the Inquisitors aren't going to have as much focus uh, because it was really uh, Vader who was so focused on Obi-Wan yeah. and the Inquisitors who were so focused on capturing four sensitives. But now you see in this final scene, um, Darth Vader is talking to Emperor Palpatine, who basically calls him out on his obsession with finding and confronting Obi-Wan, claiming, you know, basically saying, like, you're conflicted. Are you mm-hmm. following me or are you following him? Yep. And uh, I can't remember exactly what he says. I think he's, I'm only serving you, Master. Yep. Yeah, I basically... Vader's been off creating these Inquisitors and doing his little thing just to track down Obi-Wan this whole time. Maybe, you know, maybe that's the reason he did it. His little pet project and the Emperor's like, all right, time to get to, we need to start building this Empire thing. He <laughs> needs you in line. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think after this, this moment where Palpatine uh, keeps Vader in check on, on, you know, making sure he's doing what they, uh, Palpatine wants, uh, he might start steering Vader's little project of Inquisitors and stuff uh, into a different direction and get Vader back on track to the the greater scheme that the Empire has at hand. Right. And then this is actually the first time in... in uh, the Obi-Wan series where we hear the Imperial March, which we all know is oh, Vader's... Yeah. Uh, Vader's kind of swan song there. 
Yeah, you're right. So I, I think that's signifying too, like, okay, Vader's done with his little antics. He's he's now the fist of the Empire. Oh, we we skipped one major detail. Um, Obi Wan snags Tala's uh, blaster holster off of her oh, body yeah. before they leave, and he gives it to Leia. And that's actually, I think, the holster that Leia has throughout mm-hmm. the movies. That's what I thought too. I didn't look into it, but yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think it is. That's pretty cool. And then, yeah, so they they wrap it up basically. He brings back Lola to Leia and. She seems pretty, I don't know, back to normal, like just runs to, you know, when he gets off the ship, she runs to the droid, you know, and I thought the same thing. I'm like this, this, this friend you just made and the person who just literally saved your ass through like four different dangerous, you know, events in, I mean, I don't know how long this is supposed to be. All this stuff probably happened in the course of like two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, she just runs to her robot. Oh, hey, Obi Wan, how are you doing? Lola, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the whole like, oh, we wiped her mind or we did something like that, you know, from the Organa. It was too traumatic for her, and we. Oh yeah, and I don't know. I mean, it almost seemed like it, but then I was like, yeah, that's probably what happened. They're gonna say it any second, but then he like takes her side and tells her about the characteristics of her parents. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah that that's that was true yeah that that was a good point too but um yeah and then i think this is essentially the final well it's not the final scene but uh you you see that leia's back on alderaan and like the first episode you saw what we thought who we thought was her getting dressed up for some kind of big receiving event for other uh organa family members and eventually you find out that it's not her because her you know her mother lifts up the hand that of the person we thought was her and it's actually some person that she placed there as a joke and she's Mm -hmm. off in the wilds now she's actually getting dressed she's actually putting on this this official clothing and she's not refusing you know after all of this experiencing everything like she's kind of changed too now she's like okay i'm ready to be uh I mean, I wouldn't say a good little girl. She's probably still going to run out into the forest and get into trouble and stuff, as as we know, Leia is a, a mm-hmm. troublemaker. But uh, now she's like, okay, I I will, I'll start listening. I will start picking up the ways of diplomacy, and I'll become the princess and future queen. Yeah, if you know, if need be. However, I'm going to wear a holster. Yes, exactly. You, exactly. I don't even and say. Anything. I think that I think those are even those are those Talos boots or are those just boots that she likes. I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Um, yeah. Um, then of, of course then we... they go to Tatooine. Yeah. He's got to say yep. he break. What? Why did he? Why did he go? Well, he was going back, but then yeah, right, right, right. So he's just going back to Tatooine to resume his life there, and yep. he decides to stop by and bring that. Uh, uh, what the hell do they call it? The the little. Uh, the toy, yeah. The toy. What does he call him? It's gonna bother me that I don't remember the name of that. All ship right, I'll look it up for you. Ship, but we used to bullseye womp rats in our T sixteen. <laughs> yeah, he says that home. as they're doing the the intelligence debriefing yeah. when they're gonna go and 
take That's down the Death Star. <laughs> Me and whatever used to bullseye womp rats back on Tatooine. T-16s, something like that. <laughs> That's not much more bigger than a meter. Um, so, yeah, so he brings back the toy uh, to the homestead. T-16 Skyhopper. Yes. So he uh, brings it back and Owen's like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> and he's just, no, you, you know, it's basically, I'm going to leave you alone. Um, you, you're in charge of protecting the boy now, basically. Yeah, I think at, to reinforce it, I think one of something you said out of that dialogue is you're right. Sometimes a boy just needs to be a boy. Yep. Cause he's been insisting that he, he wants to train him this whole time. He's been spying on him and mm-hmm. just trying to get in there. And, and Owen's been pushing away, but now he's finally just like, all right, just, yeah, exactly. We'll just see what happens. And then I think Owen realizing that Obi-Wan is like, okay, I'll lay off and, whole different demeanor than like what we've seen their relationship has been is, you know, Owen wants Obi-Wan just to leave him alone and is convinced that Obi-Wan is only checking in upon him to see if he's presenting signs of the force and all that stuff. He goes, do you, do you want to meet him? Mm-hmm. And then I'll let you say this, but yeah. we get that iconic thing that Obi-Wan yeah. says, what is it? Yeah, dude, I was waiting for this. Yeah, the classic, the classic, he walks up to him and, um, which, all right, so this, just little tangent is, I, you didn't really realize that Obi-Wan had never met him before, but this kind of cements it, so just a little detail. Only, he, walks up, he was, he was there when they were born, mm-hmm. and he dropped them off to Owen and Baru, yeah, but after that, nothing. On him, but he says, well, walks up to him and says, hello there, or I yeah. don't. I can't, I gotta, hello the, there. The classic Alex McGinnis, hello there. Mm-hmm. Which, if that's your first interaction with a 10-year-old boy, it sounds a little weird, but... <laughs> a little. <laughs> Star but Wars fans eat it up. That's like Obi-Wan's trademark. <laughs> I yeah. Needed practice. Cause I, well, I think the first time we heard him say it was when he was fighting, he was about to fight General Grievous on yep. whatever Separatist planet that was. He drops down from the rafters and... Yeah. surprises him and says it there as well. But. It's on Utapa. Yeah, he drops yeah, down. I think so. He's sneaking up and then he's like, just stands up straight and he's looking around. Hello there. <laughs> or, well, hello yep. there. Yeah, so it's his, it's his signature line. So yeah. that was epic. Which, which um, like when Reva threw the door at that compound that the members of the path were at, uh, she goes, where were you during this? Like, why couldn't you save yeah. us? And it's like, didn't we literally see this in one of the movies? <laughs> exactly. And then I've also been seeing like articles that people have written, like, where was Obi-Wan during Order, yeah. Order 66? It's like, what do you mean? Where was it? We literally was saw on... the clone shoot him off the side of a cliff. Exactly. We know just... exactly where he was. Oh, yeah. He was kind he, of busy. He, he just took down the General Grievous, one of the biggest, biggest bads from the separatist military. Yeah, he was he was tracking him down and then got shot off the cliff. You're right, and just about died. And then was evading yeah. clone troopers. It's like, yeah, maybe he could have slipped that in there. I was, I was <laughs> a little busy, and uh, <laughs> it's been kind of hard to get back to the Jedi Temple. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know this guy, General Grievous? You ever heard of him? No? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was because I took care of him. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then, so then he 
the hello there. And then the, I think it goes to the scene of him riding this little, uh, I don't know what the creature is called. I think they call them the like E2s, E2? Maybe, no. right. I don't know. Um, so then this is it, man. This is the moment we'd all been waiting for. Knew it was going to happen. But it's pretty good the way oh, they the way they did it. Yopi. Mm-hmm. He's been feeding his Yopi sashimi. Which, yeah, I guess they're carnivorous. I don't know. Michael, my uh, Pis- son. Piscivore. Only bas- fish. Yeah, well, my, my son was basically saying like, oh, it's, it must be an anteater creature <laughs> because of the nose. It looks like it. Yeah. But so then the moment I've been waiting for the whole dang series um he rides off in the desert, so he's basically leaving his old mm. little cave and yep. going somewhere else because, you know, he's been living in that cave just to be close to Luke. Um, so then he packs up his stuff and he leaves a case with something in there in his old house. I think it was just a box. Just a box. I, I don't know. And then leaves, rides out of the desert to who knows where, and then right at the end, we get... Good old Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon Jinn, the Force Ghost kind of appears. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But he's, it's kind of, it's great. I love how it happened. It's, it's, he's standing with his back turned, like he's just waiting there. And like, Obi-Wan, whatever, rides up and all of a sudden he just turns around like, oh, there you are. Like, I've been waiting for you. And I think he might actually say that too. Like, it's about time or something. Just casually. I, I think he says like, I've been trying to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, you know, he says, I've always been here. You just weren't ready to see it. Yep. So. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that means uh, Qui-Gon was like intentionally hiding himself or if it just took this, like how we said that like Obi-Wan seemingly has gotten much stronger in the force after that one interaction or like because of that, like it just took him a little bit more understanding and, uh, and surrounding himself in the force to mm-hmm. see him. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. It could be a little bit of both. Cause he had obviously like, that was the theme of the whole series is he had cut himself off from the force. Like he didn't use it. He was like actively trying not to use the force. So, you know, obviously then he wouldn't be able to talk to a force ghost. So, but then he slowly gets back into it, cements his connection and then levels up with that fight with Vader, which there you go. He might've needed to level up to actually yeah talk to the the force ghosts so either way he's connect reconnected the force he levels up and then boom there's qui-gon just immediately after he's he like he's made peace with the the anakin vader thing he's uh got his affairs in order he's got his new mission which is we're not sure what at this point um because he's just going off into the desert he's presumably not going to be cutting up sushi anymore so but somehow he's found his new purpose. So you put all those together and voila, Qui-Gon appears. Which yep. would be a huge bummer if if this is the only series they make. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Because it's like it's just... Yeah, that, w- that could be like what the next season would be is like him training with Qui-Gon again. Right. <laughs> he's... He's a, it's a whole series of just him watch, being a roommate watch, with the force ghost. Yeah. Watch <laughs> Qui-Gon say, hit down. me if you can. And then yeah. he just stands there and his saber just goes through him a hundred times. It's a bunch of pranks, <laughs> like bachelor pad. They're out there in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Eating pizza. Uh, I, I actually lied 
Qui-Gon says, took you long enough. Oh, there you go. So it, it must have been the fact that Obi-Wan just needed to reconnect and get level in the up. force. Yeah, yeah level, up. level up. And so of I, course, oh man, I just love uh, Liam Neeson's voice. Yeah. And then he's all, he's just casual and not serious. Just <laughs> Yeah. He goes, well, what know. are you waiting for? We've got a lot to do. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to teach you a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find my daughter. I will find you. <laughs> uh, that was great. Yeah, so I loved, I absolutely loved the way they wrapped it up. I mean, even if it was yep. just the last episode, I mean, it would have stood by itself, really. I mean, just wrapping everything up. And I don't know. I really can't see how they would have done it better. All the little things too. They throw in little nuggets for the fans too, with just the the hello there. <laughs> like ah, just love it. I'm gonna go watch it again, I think, if I'm allowed. I feel like I just did. <laughs> yeah, I guess you did, didn't you? Because you're I was it. bouncing around it, yeah. Well, I think I would have been dead already if I didn't have this fan out here today. I was I... gonna say we've been going for longer than usual. Yeah, I I got my freezer cracked and now it's all the ice is melted out of it and the fans blowing on my feet. So, but I am out of water too. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode. If we talk about that, let us know what you thought about the Star Wars uh, show in general or anything else we have talked about. Uh, we encourage you to share this podcast with your family and friends. Like, subscribe, or leave a comment on whatever platform you use to listen. Uh, As a reminder, we record weekly and post episodes every Tuesday. As always, have a good day and keep that curious mind fresh. 73s.